and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee Gaming Brew. And I'm your host, Brett Dice. If you could please subscribe to Digital Coffee and all its other ones on all your favorite podcasting apps. We have a five-star review. Let's get up with those reviews. It does help quite a bit. But this week, I'm going to be talking about the return of Chris Menson to Blizzard. Also, going to be talking about the new voice of Minx, which should be interesting. Marvel Midnight's performance issues. Also, Starfield and Old Republic and we're talking about and the new announcement of who's going to be publishing the new Tomb Raider game, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, also the new Abyss World. That's going to be interesting. The issues with The Witcher 3 next-gen update. And also Destruction... Destructive Heist Game Teardown adds some interesting things. And my final thing is, what is going on in Overwatch 2? It just doesn't feel right. They just see, can't seem to get the right, I guess, cadence for the game. It just it feels off. So we'll be talking about all of that and more. So get your coffee cups ready. Happy Friday, as always. And let's get brewing. That's good. All right. First off is that Chris, Chris Menson is going to be returning to Blizzard. Specifically, he's going to be returning to World of Warcraft, which he helped originally build. He actually joined the company back in 1994 when they were just starting out. They were working on their first Warcraft game, and then subsequently he moved on. And then he eventually did help with creating Overwatch, which we have right now. And then he left because he was so burnt out in 2016. So that's when Overwatch, that was the first year of Overwatch, mind you. That's when it first launched and he is now back. He's first going to be working as more of a consultant role in World of Warcraft and then he'll be branching out, hopefully back to Overwatch because I don't think the team's got the right cadence on Overwatch or Overwatch 2, I should say. But we'll see what actually happens with him. But it's good to see him back because he was, I guess, one of the old school people there that actually continued the pedigree of what Blizzard actually came out with. Not so much nowadays, but he's still like part of the old guard. Hopefully not the old bad guard, but we'll see. And it's just good to have him back in general, and hopefully he will make World of Warcraft, Overwatch, and maybe other ones better. All right, moving on to Boulder's Gate 3, and we finally know who Minsk is going to be, or the voice of Minsk. Yes, it is our ever-loving McCree slash Cassidy, Matt Mercer. He is going to be voicing that, which should be interesting to see what he's going to bring to that, because in the original one and two of Boulder's Gate, he Minx did have a very interesting voice. And so it should be interesting to see what he's going to do with this. If he's going to add to it, or is he going to do a completely different direction? It's going to be really hard because our old school players like me know the voice and it'd be like, Ooh, this is too much off. Like he was a, he was a crazy barbarian, no less, but, should be interesting to see what's going to happen with that. Now, mind you, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out in August 2023, so you still got some time. If you actually want to play it, you can actually get the early access for that, but it should be interesting to see what happens with that, how this will play out, and how Matt will bring new life to the new character. But Minsk is back in Baldur's Gate 3, which is always great to see, and should be interesting to see how he's going to voice it. 
All right, moving on to Marvel Midnight Sun performance. Well, it gets a boost if you disable the 2K launcher. Apparently, the 2K launcher is just not doing well for that. And for Steam users, they figured out that if you do this, you get actually a performance boost in it. So if you can on Steam remove or at least disable the 2K launcher. Now, unfortunately with Epic, you cannot do that. So if you bought it through the Epic Game Store, you are basically stuck with it. You're, you can't really do anything with that. There's no workaround for that performance boost. But they did say on average, you get a massive boost between 90 frames per second to 146 frames per second. And that is how to actually disable the 2k launcher now if you don't do that you will get a performance hit i don't know why the launcher makes it weird like that but it does so unfortunately that's besides being a great game that is not really great that the 2k launcher makes it a terrible game to play with terrible frame rates but that's where we're at so if you're actually having performance issues just get disable the 2k launcher if you don't really see it then doesn't really matter for you, but yes, the launcher is the issue, which makes absolutely no sense to me that it should be the issue, but it is the issue. All right, moving on to the old Republic. Yes, it is still around the MMO for star Wars after the Sony one, which actually was pretty good, but no one really played. And then Bioware came out with this one. This one's still not bad, but there is a new update, a new, I guess 7.2, which basically you hunt down pesky Mandalorians through a planet called Runic. I think that's what, what it is, but very beige-like. Also, ranked and unranked PvP will be merged in the same queue, which the queue will either solo or as a group for 4v4 or 8v8 matches. There's a new PvP map too, alongside with new reward track that lets you earn armor sets, trophies, and titles. Non-subscribers can also play as much PvP as they want, though they will earn points at a slower rate, more so. Pick and choose. Yes, it is a free-to-play, but the model is that if you do pay, you get better rewards, faster, get things faster, and that and so on. I'm actually quite surprised that EA has allowed Old Republic to keep on going because when I'm fresh first initially launched, it was okay, but no one really it it didn't it wasn't the wow killer. But it did have fully voiced lines, which was quite revolutionary for the PvP or MMO games because they didn't really before. They kind of had some some voice lines, but not a lot. It was few and far between. So this one changed it all around, which did bring the player into the story a little bit more. But the stories weren't that great. The combat was okay. It just didn't really work, and they finally fixed it and basically made it free to play, which helped quite a bit. So if you want to jump back into it, you should. It is still a very fun, interesting game, but it's still an MMO. So if you don't like MMOs, do not try it at all and wait for the Jedi Survivor to come out next year. All right, moving on to one of the bigger news of the week. It is Amazon Game will be publishing the next Tomb Raider game. So before it was Crystal Dynamic, who is the developer, and the publisher was Square Enix, which was bought by the Embracer Group. But it looks like, interestingly enough, the Embracer Group will allow, or there's a partnership a partnership deal between Amazon Games and Crystal Dynamic. So they'll be doing a new multi-platform entry in the story of Laura Craft, and Amazon will help publishing it because Amazon has been trying to push into the gaming sector with uh, 
New World was their biggest one, and then Lost Ark is their other one that was a pretty big hit. But there was another one. I forget the name of it, but it was before that. It was more of a first-person shooter. That did not go very well, and it was eventually canned. But this should be interesting to see what the, where they're going to go with this and what Lara they're going to use. It seems like they're a more woke-friendly Lara, which I'm never in favor of political ideologies dictating stories and characters because that it just does never works and it it muddies the story. It doesn't make the story very interesting and it just it feels like it's you're being preached to all the time. So. Should be interesting to see how well this actually goes and where Crystal Dynamics goes with the new Lara I mean, trilogy or how, whatever they're going to do with this, wherever they're going to go with this. It should be interesting to see what they're going to do with this and if they stay the course of the previous ones or they go take a different direction. I'm not really quite sure. They're probably going to stay the course more than likely, but I'll be surprised whatever they do. All right, moving on to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and the multiplayer is going to go free to play this weekend. It's going to be the 15th through the 19th, so if you're looking to see if Modern Warfare 2 is something for you, this is the best way to jump in. It's not a terrible game. It's not a great game. It's, it wasn't as like, oh my gosh, this is awesome as the original Modern Warfare, but it's not as bad as the previous two. I think the other, the other two were actually pretty bad, but... It's interesting in, in and of itself. There is a new DMC mode, but that's through Warzone. You also have Warzone 2, which you can still play for free. So it should be interesting to see how many people actually join for this, but it seems like Call of Duty does, isn't having as many players playing this game as previous ones, but it's a yearly release, so eventually it's going to wind down, even though it made a ton of money and it was one of the top releases of this year the initial rush is great but after then you, you see how many players are still playing this game or if they're not playing this game but yes if you want to play it for free do it right now or this weekend to see if you actually want to buy it or if you want to skip it to the next one and see if that one's going to be better all right moving on to starfield's news and it looks like the quests are going to take more of inspiration from skyrim than they are of fallout 4 so fallout 4 there was more of like you can pick which faction to fight but at the end there was this giant battle and you had to choose which one you wanted to do and then the other faction died off basically with this one you can influence all of them but you won't be able to control all of them so it'll be like a nudge towards one way or the other so it should be interesting to see how this plays out since Starfield will supposedly come out next year, hopefully next year, we'll see. I mean, it takes Bethesda forever to make a game, so if they actually do it well, it takes them forever to make a game. If they do it the way of Fallout 76, it doesn't take them as long, and it's not that good. But Starfield will be boasting about a 1,000 explorable planets, and that is interesting, but there still is no release date. I'm still hopeful it will be next year, but we'll see if it's next year or 2024 or 2025 because you don't really know until it actually comes out. Now, when will the Elder Scrolls 6 comes out? Who knows on that one as well since they're just trying to get Starfield out as one of their new IPs from Bethesda. So we shall see what happens, where this goes, and if it's going to be as good as Fallout 4 
and Skyrim specifically because Skyrim, they keep on making new versions of Skyrim. Just like repackaging it all the time and people keep on buying it. Don't know why you keep on buying it. Stop buying the same game over and over again. All right, moving on to Assassin's Creed Valhalla will become free on Steam just before Christmas. So if you want to play the latest Assassin's Creed before Assassin's Creed Mirage comes out, when it should be, I don't know, probably next year, maybe 2024, somewhere around those times, then it should be interesting to see how well you actually like it. Now, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was interesting because it wasn't as stealthy as the original ones. You could go stealth. You could go not. It didn't really matter. And it had a bunch of supernatural missions from basically the Norse gods. You were Odin and you had to decipher things. So there was that. There was also very small amount of base building or town building for that as well. It was a very interesting type of a game. So if you're looking for Assassin's Creed Valhalla and you haven't gotten it yet, this is the best time to get it. Just get a Steam account and get it between December 15th and 19th is when you can actually play it for free on Steam. So it's going to be this weekend. But be sure to actually do it before it ends so you can figure out if you actually want to get it or not. Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a ton of sales for this one. All right, moving on to a very interesting game called Abyss World. And this is a third-person action RPG. So just think about Diablo, but more in the person's behind instead of just on top. But this should actually be a very interesting one because you basically go through, explore dangerous kingdoms, challenging enemies in the underworld, unravel the region's secrets. Also, the developer does claim that decisions will determine the outcome of some areas of the world and the appearance of many levels. Thus players will create their own epic stories through their adventures. So this is supposed to be more just a single player type of experience with just different ways of influencing the world around you, which will hopefully make it engaging. Hopefully the combat is going to be fast and fluid. There's very interesting things that you could do with this, but this is supposed to come out in 2023 on PC and it's going to be on the unreal five engine. So it should be a very beautiful but dark world at the same time and we'll be able to hopefully unravel it as we enjoy the game and not unravel it and be like oh, nope I'm done with this it's just it, the world does end with this game because I just don't really care about it anymore so we'll see what actually happens with this but in 2023 it does look like it should be something interesting alright moving on to the Witcher 3 next gen update and well, it's not going so well. It looks like there's a huge amount of problems and bugs with this. It, it just seems like a buggy mess. The performance is not great. Even with the 4090 Founders Edition, it just doesn't really seem like it's working very well. And if you try to simulate a Witcher 2 save, the game will not allow you to manually save anymore. But if you don't do it, then it will allow you to save. I actually haven't had a chance to play it quite yet, but it just doesn't look good. The ray tracing is very unstable. Randomly, there will be random crashes. There will be random different parts where the shadows go bonkers and then the lighting goes bonkers. And it's just, it's just a weird thing where shadows will pop in and out and two meters away from you. And even though the ray tracing looks great, it just, it, it's not optimized very well. So you're gonna have to wait a, a little while because this is a red, the red engine, not the unreal five engine, which they will be 
going over to now, since they're creating the Witcher four, the Witcher remake, and then the next cyberpunk 2077 game that will be all in the unreal five engine. So the red engine, even though red engine is great, it seems like there's just a lot of issues with it in general. Now the original Witcher three, I never actually had issues with it. And I got to actually get back into it and see if I'll have it actually the same issues as they had because every system's different. I am not running the, the 4090, but I am running the 3090. So it should be interesting to see where this goes and how well the performance is or isn't with this type of game. All right, moving on to uh, Teardown. It actually adds a free mini campaign of art crimes. So yes, you can actually go in and try to destroy buildings and steal the art. Now, Teardown is a great little game. It's more a pixelated game, but you can basically destroy anything. And it's very lifelike with the destruction that it has. And I mean, you can destroy everything, walls, ceilings, ground, cars, whatever you think of, you can destroy. It's like a very interesting, fun little game to play. And it's more of that retro Minecraft, 8-bit, 16-bit, and more 8-bit type of graphics, but more with a lot of great destruction or destruction physics to it. It's just it's not even on par. It's above what Battlefield can do because you can destroy everything. Battlefield, depending on which game you play, you can destroy some things and not other things. This one, you can destroy just about everything. So if you do have it or you do want to pick it up, I would highly recommend it. It's just a fun little game just to play around with and destroy everything. If you want to destroy every single thing in the game. All right, moving on to my main topic. What is going on with Overwatch 2? It just seems like they just aren't doing the right things. They just seem to try to be doing something and it just doesn't really work. So first off, in season one, Zarya was just overpowered. Sombra was overpowered. Sojourn, which is still overpowered, it was overpowered as well. You also had Diva, which was a little bit. Genji was a little bit just because of the DPS, basically passive buffs, Genji was overtuned, but when you got rid of it, not so much. So season two, Sombra got nerfed. Sojourn got quote unquote nerfed, but not really. If you have Mercy pocketing her, she it just negates the whole thing. You now have Roadhog that just completely just walks over everything. And it's annoying to play against him because he's just got so much health and he's got a way to basically heal himself to all or most of his health back again. It's just not fun. Then you have Doomfist, who was terrible in the first season. Now is just oh, broken, overtuned. And you got Ramatra, who is the new tank, who is just very underwhelming. Just okay, can do some things, but really you're just doing a lot of poke damage for the most part. And you're just you're just shielding off either healers or something like that, which is probably the best way of doing it is using your shield to shield off healers to kill everybody else. And then the tank form is all right. It just doesn't really, he doesn't do enough damage to really do much. He just kind of is there and you, you kind of do stuff. Your only really good damage output is if you do headshots, but even then it's not going to be reliable. So, eh. and it is basically one of his abilities to knock people off the sky or just pull them and slow them just isn't that great in general. So soldier can just still slide through it. Mercy can still get herself out of it and, it's just okay. It's just, you can play him. He's okay. He's not great. They, they do need to have a buff for him in some type of way. And Sojourn just needs a nerf. 
I would say for Sojourn's nerf, for the love of God, she cannot charge her railgun with barriers. That's just really ridiculously dumb because it's easy to charge it, and the charging needs to be a two-second timer down. So it just you just don't take forever to do it. If the all charge, fine, you leave it up there. I don't really care, but something needs to change on that one. And then Roadhog, he needs to go back down to 600 health. He does not need 700 health for the love of God and either redo his rebreather or something where either bring it back to overwatch one where he has to stand still and he can't move around when he's doing it. I don't really care, but do something with it. It just, it's just difficult to deal with him and it, and he can sustain for so long. It's ridiculous. Just how much you are sustainable. Now I think why he wasn't as good is because when Sombra was, Overtuned a little too much. It just was easier. I do think Sombra needs to just bring her back to the 40% uh, damage buff when with hack targets. I think that did help with quelling some of the more annoying players, but that's the only thing that I would bring back. The chain hacks would not be a good thing to do, but they're not going to do anything with her. She's in a quote unquote good spot. I'm pretty sure for them, but it's just weird. And the whole rank system is just off. I mean, what, what's the point of going to the certain rank and then being back down to another certain rank and at each new level, because of what the matchmaker is telling you, you are, even though it's not really what your true level is. It just, it's a mess and they haven't really figured it out and they need to figure it out really quick and they need to stop just looking at stats. They need to look at just player sentiment as well to figure out what's the best balance changes for these heroes are because it's just not working. I think Reinhardt is in a terrible state and he should really be getting a buff somewhere in it, not to his shield, but maybe something to his charge. His charge is still off. It's hard to actually get any charges or actually any charges to actually hit because it's just so off. He's just not a fun player to pull a hero to play with play against. He's not as bad, but still it's just everything is off about this game. It just doesn't feel fun anymore solo queuing by yourself. is just not fun playing with other friends is a lot better, but even then it's just, it's just terrible. I mean, it's just a, it's now what the meta is, is just the one shot meta. So you just have for the most part, Doomfist, Roadhog, Sigma and Orisa are probably the four tanks. that will probably be played the most. And then for DPS, it's going to be junk rat because junk rat is annoying as hell. You also have Ash, still Sojourn, maybe McCree, maybe McCree slash Cassidy, and maybe Soldier 76, you can get some reliable, but Ash is going to be up there as well. For healers, it's just basically Kiriko, Mercy, and Lucy are the three best. You can use Moira because she's annoying as hell to play against as well, but just all of it, it just seems off, and there's no incentive to really play this game whatsoever. It's just in a terrible state and they really need to fix something, bring back on fire, bring back player cards, bring back something to bring the, I want to play the next game. Cause I've played a few and I was like, I'm just not having fun. I'm just going to play something else. And that's terrible because I said down the road, five V five will, will become just annoying to play. And I'm right about this. It's just, people are not having fun. It's annoying to play six V six was the perfect point of the game and they should just stuck with it and just made tanks a better role, but they didn't. 
So now it's tanks are somewhat actually tanks aren't even fun at all. DPS are fun and supports not fun at all as well. So we're in this really weird limbo state and they need to figure it out quickly. I would say they need to figure it out by next by season three, if they haven't already and just build on from it and find a way of making it where you can earn coins through the battle pass. If you pay for it, that's fine, but you need to find some way. I just do not like where it's at. There's just too many glitches, too many bugs and just underwhelming heroes. And you have to pick specific heroes to actually win anything. And those heroes are annoying as hell to play against. So fix it. Blizzard seriously. You did all these changes for a reason, but I think it was all of it was just half baked and not really well in place because you focus too much on the PVE side of overwatch two and not the PVP PVP side of it. What do you think? Do you think I'm way off base or do you think you agree with me? It's like overwatch. What is going on? Let me know in the comments below, but Thank you for listening to Digital Coffee. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee on all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review and get some comments. Share this if you like it as well. But join me next week to talk about what's going on in the PC gaming industry. All right, guys, stay safe and get to playing the games you want to play and play the games that people just don't like. And if you like it, it doesn't really matter. But see you next week. Later.